everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason. And that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. We are Claudius Maximus. Claudius Maximus has returned here in studio to chop it up all about New York Comic Con weekend and a special little movie that dropped mm. uh, the Friday of. But we'll let's get talking about some Comic Con first. What a con! What a weekend! My feet hurt. It My is legs. Lit- it is literally, ladies and gentlemen, a weekend built on fandom, on on geeks and nerds and gamers and moviegoers alike and comic heads. So beautiful. This is your second time. Yes. Are you going to Comic Con? Second time in a row. And like I it? wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna go actually because I was gonna meet up with you guys for Venom. Yeah. So thank you to the bro, Joey, Mister Joseph. You know who you for are, Joe. Hooking the brother up. You know what I'm saying? Last minute. He bro. came in super clutch, super clutch and was able to get a Thursday pass for you. Yes. But what did you think? I mean, second time coming around. Now oh, that you're man. now that you're I'm a little ready. bit less um I'm, I'm new. Uh, it's like I, I, a little less new, right? <laughs> um I loved it. I, I mean, I just love going back and seeing everybody that's like us, you know. Um I have an itch to go back and for the third time in a row. But next year I kind of I got the itch to dress up. Got the itch to cosplay. Mm. Yeah, man, those, those cosplays are getting better and better every year. Some of the most ridiculous to funny to just awesome yeah, work man. that goes into some of these costumes. I saw a full-grown Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, we got to see the Iron Spider with moving big... arms. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. Tall, tall Grodd. Yeah, we had Gorilla Grodd was there. We saw Lego Spider-Man uh, that was there. I saw every version of Deadpool probably imaginable. Um, but... What really always kills me is the random celebrities that are there uh, that you can get photo opt with, or you literally just bump into walking around. Or I was walking shoulders, around and, I and you saw don't even Jerry know until, until they're like walking by and you're like, oh, that was, oh, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, bumped into Jerry the King Lawler, which was cool. We got to see Sting. Remember, Sting was, uh, was over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Um, all sorts of artists and. Um, I was going to say artists and drawers, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> artists and writers of well-known comics and comics literally everywhere. The lore from wall to wall. Where I got my Doomsday Clock comic that I was missing. Ooh, I also got a, I was hunting for this for a while, The Anatomy of a Metahuman. Have you busted that open yet? I haven't. It's real, pr- it's real pretty to look at, man. <laughs> I, I can't lie. So I'm like being very careful before I open it, dude. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I, I get it. I gotta get that book now too. I, I forgot. I probably should have got it there. But you got like what the second to last one? Yeah, one. something like that. I think it might have been the last one. Yeah. And I got a, a sweet little discount on it for being brand new, I guess. But it was, it was sweet, sweet. I was walking around in the brand new 2018 Red Hood cosplay created by myself. The only, the only one. I think so. And, and I, I did see that somebody. One, yeah. I did see somebody who was coming in as it on Friday and they took a picture of me because they were like, oh, I'm doing this tomorrow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. If you see, if you did see somebody menacing around with a crowbar on Thursday for New York Comic Con, uh, that was me. That was me walking around yes, there looking for the Joker uh, to exact my revenge. But um, yeah, it was great to just be there. The only thing is when I'm there on the floor, because sometimes I could just spend the entire day just being on the floor, no right. panels. No autographs and stuff because there's so much to see. Um, but in that same respect, and I think I asked it while we were there, I never understand when they drop trailers. 
Right. Because you hear like San Diego Comic Con trailer, you know, the Justice League San Diego Comic Con trailer, the Captain Marvel San Diego, and it's like, well, I get that this a lot of this happens in Hall H. But there is no Hall yeah, H. Yeah, there is no in, Hall um, H. In New York <laughs> Comic Con, there's just various halls for panels and stuff. And so I miss out on a lot of these trailers. Uh, so I thought that we should do our due diligence as podcasters and talk about some of the trailers that dropped uh, comic-related. We're going to get our Hall H on. We're going to get our need. mini Hall H on. I, I, let's start with the thing that's coming the soonest. Daredevil Season 3 seems to be on the cusp, and they can't mm-hmm. stop letting us know. It seems like a trailer drops every week since Iron Fist, uh, you know, was released. And are you ready for Daredevil Season 3? No, I'm ready for Bullseye. Yeah, mm. Bullseye. You see, you see in the in the trailer, he dresses up. I see in the trailer As that Kingpin has his white suit on. Finally, that Ooh. is amazing. I need a little yellow ascot though. Oh, okay. I need a little fancy uh, yellow ascot. But I, wa- wearing, seeing him wear the the white suit, I, man, that's all I I needed. That's all and I so wanted. So he breaks out the cane on on Mister Murdoch. And there's definitely a story, or well, the story that we covered, uh, Daredevil: Born Again, uh, to sort of muddy the name of Daredevil. Kingpin hires a basically a lunatic to wear the costume and basically kill people. And so people can be like, oh, Daredevil's crazy. So seeing a different Daredevil show up and start killing people and Matt being like, who is this? I was like, ah, I get this, I get this, I read this, I read this. Um, This will be the first third season of any of the Netflix shows. So we'll see how long these shows have legs for, right? Because um, some of the season two so far have been good. Some of them have been a little bit lax. Uh, so hopefully this season, you know, really ramps it up. You can't because save them all, Red. You might as well call Defenders <laughs> Daredevil Season 2.5 because he was in a lot of that Defender stuff. Yeah. And he basically, the last time we saw him was in Defenders where he goes down in that Midland Circle explosion. But then we see that he is, he Res- has been saved and he's been rescued nuns. by some nuns. Uh, and to keep the spoilers, keep the spoiler free, um, seems like one of the nuns might know him more than he, th- mm. than he thinks. So that is very interesting. Do you have any um any hopes for Daredevil season three? Hmm. I want, I want. You know how they have how they had a um hallway scene. Yes. I want a church scene. Oh dear. I need, I, destroying I need, the church. I need I need Matt just kicking butt in 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 God's house. You know. I feel like I need <laughs> we need another hero. Yeah. That's not. Maybe I'm getting too used to um CW. Hmm. Where they build these teams on their own shows and then they get together, you know. It's like like Danny got Colleen and I guess Jessica doesn't really have anybody. But this idea that um Daredevil's not alone in the street but vigilante stuff. Hmm. And he's always been okay. the guy to bump into everybody for me, like on shows and comics. So I guess seeing him by himself with this one man war on crime Constantly tired, constantly bleeding from everywhere. <laughs> He's he, like, he needs a little help, man. Yeah, he has Hell's Kitchen. Maybe Punisher comes back. Maybe he comes back to to help out. What's going on, Red? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I still gotta finish that season, man. Yeah, I gotta finish it. Um, we saw the Harley Quinn first look. Uh, for the animated show that'll be coming to the DC uh, universe. That took me by streaming surprise. service. A different voice. Yes, I was a little bit uh, taken aback because um, they changed the voices for Batman and Harley, the film, and I wasn't a, a big fan. It felt mm. like somebody was just trying to do an impression of the right. first person right. who was doing it, and 
I like do your um, own thing. This I like I like her. This um homegirl from Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory, Theory, right? Kelly, Kelly Kuko. Yeah, I was hoping I was saying that right. Yeah, I was say I was hoping I was pronouncing <laughs> that right. Yeah, Kelly Kuko is um she's heading that. And it's supposed to be an all-star cast as far as voice actors go. But in the little bit of a sneak peek that we get, we see how fourth wall breaky it's going to be. The kind of adult humor right. that they got going on. They make jokes at the DC Universe's expense. Uh, they make jokes as far as the Deadpool cartoon yeah, is concerned. That took me by surprise, too. Uh, so it, it, it might be that sort of family guy comedy i mean comic version of family guy uh being self-aware yeah, being and things self-aware, like that making yeah. jokes about pop culture and stuff like that that kind of thing could last um i'm pretty sure the deadpool cartoon would have lasted had they released mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Uh, you know <laughs> but we're not getting that we're definitely getting this how do you feel about the whole the whole feel of the trailer and the whole um poison ivy playing the uh straight you know i mean um throughout yeah if you're gonna have a fourth fourth wall breaker, you gotta kinda have somebody to keep her in check. Yeah. You know, so to speak, so that way she doesn't get a little too crazy. Yeah. Granted it is Harley Quinn. Ivy <laughs> kinda reminds me of like Daria. She's <laughs> all like uh, I'm just not interested in any of this. Um so yeah. I mean I don't get I don't I don't get the feeling of saying, Oh, female version of Deadpool in a sense. You know you good. know what I mean? Which that's, is yeah, which I'm very, very glad for. So and we, you know, the Harley Quinn has always been such an odd character because she seems to gain popularity almost despite what they do with her. Like it's not like yeah. they're it's not like they're doing anything to re-energize the character, but has always caught on since her debut in the animated series. Yeah. She, everyone says she was one of the best parts of Suicide Squad. They're getting a Suicide Squad and too. And I'm glad she can stand alone as opposed to every time she's. Everybody sees her. She, everybody thinks of the Joker. Yeah, stuff like that. You know it, it, I mean? so we've gotten far enough from it. Yeah, where people know that she is associated with the Joker, but is not necessarily you know live and die by the Joker and stuff. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. But Harley, yes, Harley is coming. I thought that I was surprised uh, that they was that they dropped that trailer. But you know, if you're proud, you're proud. There's a couple of other um, ones here, but just to. Make sure that we don't forget. We have to talk about that Aquaman trailer. We'll go Aquaman and then we'll go straight into into Venom, the two big blockbusters of the year. Because I think after Venom, the next comic book movie is Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And then into the Spider-Verse, which we got a little bit of a sneak peek of that. And we'll talk about more of that when we get to Venom. But Aquaman. Aquaman has released a extended trailer about two or three extra minutes of uncut footage. Mm-hmm. Um Beautiful. Looks good. Beautiful. It does look very good and very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very good, very expensive. How do you feel about this trailer um, and the fact that we were talking a little bit off air about this, but the um, director says that as far as the trailer spoiling things, that trailers by nature spoil things. Right, and that right. And this one is barely scratching the surface. How do you feel about the trailer and how do you feel about that um, statement? I'm excited about that. I mean... They, when was the last time they actually kind of like said something like that? But to be honest, yeah. seeing that and then seeing the trailer it almost kind of does make sense because show all of Atlantis. You got sprinkled a little bit of everything in there in a, in a way. Yeah, you got some Black Manta. Definitely. You, um, what seems to be at the beginning of the trailer going into Atlantis, getting a key for Atlantis, or what seems to be a message. Right. I um I did some real deep dive. Uh, reading, binge reading um, into Aquaman 
when right after the first trailer dropped, I knew I knew some of his stories, but I, didn't, I wasn't reading issue to issue. So I read the, all the new 52 issues of Aquaman, um, which I believe that they're going to be taking a lot of this from. And as someone who's done all of that reading, to me, it's a little bit more obvious as to what the plot of this movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. Everything is sort of laid out um, in a way that if I guess if you know, it's uber spoily. Spoilery, sorry, <laughs> uber spoilery. Um, but yeah, it's like if you saw a Miles Morales movie and you saw a trailer, and mm-hmm. you know, depending on what's in that trailer and what you know of the story, you can piece it together. But you, um, this trailer shows that what the crux of this film is going to be about is about um, the former king of Atlantis, Atlantis's trident. Mm-hmm. Atlantis used to be a city above ground. And then it was sunk into the ocean, and um, its inhabitants evolved to a point where they were able to live uh, there. But this trident seems to be the source of the power that can unite um, all the seven kingdoms, and this is something that Arthur is, himself is looking for. We also know that probably looking for that same thing is Orm, or Ocean Master, mm-hmm. Aquaman's brother, played by Patrick Wilson in this, a.k.a. Night Owl from Watchmen fame. Ooh. So he will be the Loki of the situation, the the brother who should be getting the throne, but uh, seemingly the true heir, Aquaman slash, well, you know, Odin's son, shows up and uh, he wants to rule. And so Ocean Master, who's been raised his whole life for this, seems to feel like he's being cheated because now Homeboy's just going to dive right back yeah, in and, and seems, become king. Yeah, because it seems Arthur Curry's been on land. Yeah, and we see some, in the first trailer, we saw some training montages of him as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And we will, we've seen, there's a scene of, I believe, of his mother defending the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Maybe people have come for her. Maybe people have come for Arthur. Um, We know that his mother uh, has a child with a lighthouse keeper and that that is looked down upon. And because of such... Land water. Yes, people are looking for... um, Arthur and people are looking for the mother. I think the mother ends up dying uh, because of you know struggles. Uh, you know she does like get away and disappear, but Aquaman has to want that lineage back. No one's gonna, no one's going up to Arthur and like here, this is all yours. Uh, they assume that he has abandoned the kingdom. They assume that he has abandoned the people, and so hopefully this movie shows him gain a love and appreciation for this whole side of the family that he mm. didn't even really know, right? Um, that would be cool. What would you think of Amber Heard as Mira? Mira? Um, I'm digging it. Uh, that's one of the, also one of the reasons why I want to go to see the movie, too, because you see her running through the roofs and uh, um, trying to get away from... Um, do those guys have names with suits? No. They seem to just be... Black Manta's goons or the, something like that. The Manta goons. Yes. So And Manta you Man. get... And you get uh, a little bit of her water manipulation when she tried when she takes the beads of sweat off. Yes, her, off aquakinesis. I was very I was very pleased by that. Um in the New Fifty Two story, like in the it, throughout the run, there are various points where you find out that Atlantis has built gateways mm. to get to it or to get to other mis- mystical places and you need sort of like a key. Uh, it could be a trident, it could be a, a artifact and you place the artifact where it needs to go, and then it opens up a gateway. So this was very similar to that, uh, except this one had a lot of information regarding the trident and stuff. Right, right. Um, we see 
Black Manta seemingly catch up with Arthur and Mira and start to attack. And that was a big crux of the trailer was following one of the uh, yeah. Manta men as he broke and busted through. We also got to see how durable Mira and Aquaman are because they took some hella blows mm-hmm. in this trailer and seemed to just be, you know, uh, shrugging it off. Took a Manta blast to the chest. How much of this film do you think takes place on land versus in the ocean, considering how much of this trailer was on land? I don't know, man. Um, I hope it's, it's at least a quarter of it, maybe. quarter on land? Yeah. Two, three-fourths in the water? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money, that water, those water sharks. Yeah, though. dude. You see that, you see <laughs> yeah, that, right, man. man? I mean, we're going to have an underwater <laughs> war. That's what I want to see. I do, love, I do love the images of the, the water being lit by flares from underneath. And all that stuff. I thought all that stuff was really, really cool. What? How do you feel about the pee joke? <laughs> Could just peed on it. <laughs> DC Which made to sense. Like royal, royal urine. Ro- ro- royal urine. Not Granny's peach tea. Nope. Royal. We're not, urine. <laughs> not doing any of that Granny's peach tea <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Aquaman, your universe is crumbling around you. Batman and Superman are nowhere to be found, and Wonder Woman is doing her own thing, regardless well, of what I anyone don't think says. Any of them can swim. This is true, but everybody, you know, all the. The DC EU is 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 stumbling, you know. Um, Shazam seems to be a, a bright spot in its future. Yeah, I got the I got the same feeling for Aquaman that I do Shazam. So I have high hopes for both movies. I'm getting I'm definitely getting like a Black Panther feeling from Aquaman, especially when all the hieroglyphic letters glow. Yeah, glo- like I'm glowed. getting slightly. I don't think it's like when much they all as glowed and everybody stuff. else because I'm really pulling for Aquaman. So yeah, I guess just the whole idea of like. The secret, futuristic... Yeah. Just hit a home run off thing. the curry. Let's go. Um, and not, not to say that you can't do anything more than once. Trust mm-hmm. me. Comic books is littered with people <sighs> taking similar elements and making completely new and different things out of it. And hopefully Warner Brothers sees that um, you know, there is a compelling story to have with a guy who talks to fish. I know he doesn't talk to fish, but you know. I heard a lot of people saying that. Like, oh, he, we don't see him talk to fish. We haven't seen him talk to fish yet. Like, Don't worry about it. What do you think is going to be one like those uh, circles? Those those. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe are, be some psychic. Are we going to hear fish talk in this film, Claudius Maximus? Uh, That's the question I have for you. Is Arthur Curry going to like? You won't see his mouth move, but you can hear him say, you know, like right, right, in the right. sharks in this like, <laughs> area, yeah, like, like narrating, so to speak, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, uh, and then you hear a shark back go, "I'm coming." <laughs> <laughs> It, what if we got subtitles? What if they do fish, their... Fish do their, subtitles? Yeah. It's, it's possible. I think anything is possible. They do the underwater noise. Underwater noise. <laughs> Some gang signs. Well, they don't got fingers. Like a little bit harder to Octopus do. Octopus got tentacles. Last but not least, how do you feel about the final shot of the trailer? Aquaman adorned in his orange and green for the first time since he That's was blonde. Part. <laughs> That's the part that I love the most. Did they stuck to it, dude. I, I, when I saw it the first time I saw it, I just paused it right there, crossed my arms. I was Hero like, shot, baby. Yeah, yeah, man. This is the guy I know. So, and that that was great because you had a lot of people complaining and whining for um during um what you call during Justice League talking you, about it. And you know, I was gonna I was gonna excuse the rant that I'm about to go on right now, mm-hmm. but there's no excuse for it because we're on major issues, and that's right. what we do. We chop up about stuff like this. Hopefully. Aquaman is what shows them that they can do a Superman movie. Because mm. Aquaman is silly on the face of it. You have right. to make it cool. You have to make it serious. 
Jeff Johns cared enough about it to make those cool stories in the New 52. But there was a lot of people that made him the butt of jokes for years because they couldn't think of something cool to do with him. If Aquaman could stick the landing, there's no way that that big blue Boy Scout can't do it too. And y'all really need to get that settled. Y'all need to get Superman right. And if you don't get Superman right, I don't care how many great Aquaman movies you make or how many great Wonder Woman movies you make. Without them being with their friends... yeah. This ain't Marvel where there's one set of Avengers. With their friends and stuff like that, too. You know what I mean? The, so yeah, you like, know, this ain't Marvel where there's like mainly one set of Avengers. And I know there's multiple sets of the Justice League, but we've, but those crux, yeah. Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, like you could, you can move out a cyborg for a man, Martian Manhunter or add in a Black Canary, all that other kind of stuff, whatever. But uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, those five, they need to be. What other lanterns you want to interchange? Whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, Martian Manhunter, Cyborg. That's cool. But you have to get those five, and you yeah, have to the get them guy. right. So Aquaman, you're looking good, and you're unapologetically Aquaman with mm-hmm. that outfit at the end. For real. Man. So Superman, come correct and stop apologizing for being Superman. Lighten up that blue a little bit. Get that yellow out there shining. Smile. Let's do it. Please smile. Please smile, and let's, let's get two. And let's get this underway. But let's stop talking about movies that haven't come out yet. And let's talk about something that did. Venom. 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 (laughs) As I've been calling it for the last week. The Venom movie is out. We can stop flinching. (laughs) Wondering what Sony was going to do. I guess we can't talk about this film without first talking about all of the madness that seemed to stem from this film before it was released to the world. Uh, right, you know, we, we decided, as we always do here at Major Issues, to catch the movie the Thursday it comes out instead right. of the Friday, just to beat the rush to have the, uh, the movie in our minds and be able to formulate some op- opinions about it. But before even Thursday, which is the day before it comes out mm-hmm. everywhere, before Thursday, I would say Wednesday, Tuesday, we were starting to hear that this film might be the worst <sighs> superhero film of all time. We heard rumors that this film harkens back to superhero films of the 2000s. The Ghost Riders and Daredevils How and, dare Cat- they? and Catwomen, if you will. Um, it made me nervous. I'm not going to lie. It didn't make me nervous because I remember going to see less than stellar comic book movies and at every turn trying to convince myself, I like this, right? <laughs> but I like, 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 right? I'm having fun, right? <laughs> um, and so incredibly trepidatious about going in to see this film. But as we always do here as a part of Major Issues when it comes to movie reviews, we'll go ahead and give you a bit of a spoiler-free review before we get into the deep dive of the recap and review. So, spoiler-free, Carlos Maximus, the uh, the tape over your mouth has been ripped off. Yeah. It's oh, time. Man, it's time. How did you feel about Sony's I'm more I'm more happy that the critics were wrong. Well, all the ones that had all those negative things to say about the movie were wrong, because to this day I still I even have people that have gone to see it twice already. Wow. People at my job, so um, I'm 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 hyped that it's getting all the burn, man. Like I'm a I'm a venom I'm I'm a venom mark because of Spider Man. Right. So um, to go and see this is see he in the game? Venom movie? No. He's no, he's not in the game. No. So to, to which which um makes me want him in the game even more and makes me want them to do 
Eddie Brock special, a special DLC. You know what I mean? So that's real ill. Yeah. Um, but ah, uh, dude. Um, shoot, I don't even know where to start before we get into the movie. Like, uh, well, um, um did it without, exceed your expectations? It did. did it? it did very much so. And without, without, we're Spoilers? trying to say a little bit without no Spider Man in the in the movie. Yeah. I feel so much better about it, too. I guess it is a little spoilery to say there's no Spider-Man, but right. I think it's important for people to know yeah, if you're going yeah. in, there is no Spider-Man. And, and and this, if this stand, was your make or break. And for him to stand on his own, on his own two feet without Peter and Spider-Man, just even better, dude. You you would have asked me, I would have not thought it, this could be done. I would have thought that this was too much of a chore, especially considering how, how much of this character's history is wrapped up in Spider-Man. The idea that mm-hmm. Spider-Man wouldn't be in it is bonkers. Um, but they do, I think, personally, they do a really good job of making Venom its own character and Eddie Brock its own character. And, and the movie is based on the comic, Lethal Protector, which, which we Spider-Man covered here. makes we covered here. an appearance. Yeah, in. Spider-Man's in half mm-hmm. of that comic, so to still do that story without Spider-Man, you know, we covered um, Lethal Protector here. Yeah, that was the last episode before this one. Yeah, we so, covered um, Lethal Protector here. So, so to we see ha- the workaround behind around all of that they kept what they were they kept what yeah, they liked and they threw everything else for it to be and for it to come out the way it did oh my goodness they said they said they said it got biggest opening for october release 80 million dollars so it's gonna crack 100 million i don't know maybe. if it beat that gaga movie though i gotta i'm pretty <laughs> gotta, sure it beat that gaga gotta, movie. maybe the gaga movie should have had a venom symbiote in it mm. we are gaga maybe <laughs> maybe gaga should have been venom I like it. In her movie, though, because, you know, Tom Hardy. I'm just going to clap it up for Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy does do a great job oh, in this man. film. Um, I can, un- the only the only reason I can give a little bit of a pass to some of the horrendous criticism lobbied against this film is if you saw and are comparing it to Infinity War. Yeah. If you saw Infinity War, let's say you don't like comic book movies and your significant other made you watch all the comic book movies leading into Infinity War, and then you watch Infinity War. That is a that's church. You understand? That is a that is an out of body experience uh, because you've been on such a long journey. Um, the same thing with a Logan, you know, or um, you know, some of these movies just have so many layers of of exposition or um, metaphors to real life or. This movie doesn't have any of that, really. Mm-hmm. It is everything that the movie wants you to know or wants you to feel is right there on the on the page. So while some might think that that's bad, as somebody who's done these deep dives in books and movies and trying to find every hidden uh, message, meaning, and Easter egg, right, right. This, and to see what else is this coming was and things so like that, that, just entertaining for me. Yeah, it's one of those what you see is is what you get. Exactly, and, um, and stop looking for anything else. Yeah, and but. What we got was so, so oh, damn, damn it! So in my, we're gonna get, we're gonna get to spoilers. We're gonna get to spoilers. In my opinion, this film was definitely worth seeing. If you like to just enjoy yourself, if you like to um, see a silly a silly um, concept, which mm-hmm. is a man is possessed by an alien parasite, a symbiote, uh, and he, the the alien needs the man to live, and the man needs the alien to live, sort of kinda, and. Um, that's the that's basically the crux of the movie. Which, by the way, they they fixed. They, it's not symbiote. It's a symbiote. So they yeah. they fixed that right off the bat as soon as we came into the movie. So yeah, and we were all looking around like, yeah, they fixed it. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was definitely cool that they got to that. But um, yeah, I guess last of the spoiler free uh part of the review, 
I say go see it. I say regardless of whether or not you even have any strong feelings towards the Venom character at all, yeah, you owe yourself to see it because I think there's so many opinions out there in the world that you need to make up your own. Yeah, you need seriously. to be able to have seen it and you know chewed it up in your own head and been Shoot. able to. I um I thanked Sony twice last week for Spider Man because I just recently beat it. And for Venom, so we they on a roll, okay? Yeah, keep, keep it pumping, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, they landed on their feet, which was uh, it, that's a hell of a task in its own right. Um, so congratulations to Sony. We'll see where the rest of this Venom verse goes, but let's get right into the spoiler aspect of this review. This will be a recap and review. We'll try to go very cleanly, scene by scene, from the beginning to the end, only stopping when we feel like we need to to talk about some of the character development some of the plot points and exactly what went on on in this little engine that could this little symbiote that could movie <laughs> so getting into venom i think it is uh pretty damn cool that the very first shot that we see is a spaceship because come on where else are we gonna go Where's to get these from? symbiotes yeah. did you have any idea how this film was gonna start off did you think it was gonna no, start off um, in space? I kind of thought it was gonna start like spaceship in space, yeah, or crashing because of the trailer and everything like that. Yeah. So the trailer kind of really set the tone. In so, a sense. so we find out that this spaceship is a uh, part of the Life Foundation Corporation. The Life Foundation was trying to find habitable places, not on Earth, <laughs> to uh, to live, um, because. As we hear from every movie, right? We're do- you're dooming our own, our own planet. We're killing the planet. We're killing the we're planet. Killing each other. The planet's coming many for revenge. Earth to Earth's revenge is coming. Um, and so the CEO of that company, Carlton Drake, sent a bunch of people out into a you know in in a shuttle in a probe to go find if there's life on other worlds, so that he could get his very high paying members to live there, just in case Earth, you know. Kaputs. There is no Earth B, remember? <laughs> uh, instead of finding a habitable world, his people find a comet covered in symbiotic life forms. Four of those symbiotes are grabbed up in nice little containers. I kind of would have liked to see that part too, because it seems so easy to get them right, in those right, things, right, right? right? Where later on we see how crazy it is when they get out. But um, they grab four, and they're like, well, open and shut case. We're, We're going back here. to Earth. But all of a sudden, um, you hear a bunch of yelling and mayday, mayday coming from the ship, and the ship crash lands in Malaysia, um, with the only survivor being a John Jonah Jameson. Well, just a, a astronaut named Jameson <laughs> that we'll call John Jonah Jameson because the only Jameson I know that is an astronaut in the Marvel Universe is the son of J. Jonah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I thought that was pretty cool that they did a little nod there. We see the wreckage of the spaceship and a a couple of the symbiotes intact, except for one. And uh, we see the Life Foundation is able to recover the other three and go back to their nice little facility in San Francisco um, where Carlton Drake, the CEO, is pissed that one of them is loose. We need to find... That and we and we need to clean up this whole mess of what's been going on because no one knows. Cover up, cover up. Yes, no one knows that he's been on this journey, and I think that's when we get the actual. Um, we see that the astronaut that it was kept alive, um, what is sent to go get some hospital care, mm-hmm. and we find out that he's only alive really because he had a symbiote, a symbiote yeah. on him, a symbiote that will later be called Riot. Um, 
transfers bodies from the astronauts to one of the drivers. The whole vehicle flips, <laughs> damages one of the drivers, and we see in almost a zombie-like trance, one person walk away with the symbiote attached. And then we get the title screen of Venom, which that beginning made it very much seem yeah, like a horror, like a horror movie, movie, right? Yeah, that was cool. Very, very... Uh, you know, possession and demon possession and all that kind of stuff there. But we cut to Eddie Brock hanging out with his girlfriend and Wying, Wying, and Wying. Eddie is an investigative investigative journalist. Can't talk today. And his girlfriend is a district attorney living out there in San Francisco. Um, Eddie is called into work. Uh, where his boss, Mister Bobby Fish, <laughs> his boss Ron Cephas Jones. No, A.K.A. Bobby Fish from Luke Cage, who's known as Jack here, tells him the network needs him to interview Carlton Drake about the crash. Eddie refuses, but uh, kind of gives in when they say, well, if you don't do it, the network will fire you. <laughs> How do you feel about Eddie, the reporter, the little kind of montage they did with the clips of the Eddie Brock report? And, um, um, that was cool. And um, boss but, man. But to, to, um, I like finding out that he's got a, He's kind of got a reputation of going rogue when yeah. it comes to certain things. Yeah. So that's what he's doing in L- in L.A. Yes. He got kicked out of New York. Yeah. It it It's cool because all the history that we know about Eddie Brock as a reporter is that he is a fraud. Mm. Right? That That's where we pull our inspiration from. He, you know, got caught red-handed with that fake story, and then he gets fired. That's where we know him from. This is the most... Uh, I guess, like in-depth reporting I've ever seen Eddie Brock do. Right, right. And the montage shows that he's reporting on all kinds of things to corruption in public office, to, you know, um, riots and to, uh, no pun intended, protests, stuff like that. It is weird seeing somebody of Har- of Tom Hardy's stature as a reporter, <laughs> right? Because he's a big dude. Yeah, he kind of is a big dude. Tom Hardy's a big dude. How do you like his uh, accent? His I- can't tell? Couldn't even tell. Good. Couldn't even tell. And yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen enough movies with him in it, but I've seen a lot of interviews with him. Yeah. So um, to actually see him talk, in, speak English, <laughs> yeah, you know, without a trace of the accent is pretty good. You see that he's pretty, he's pretty um conflicted here mm. because Carlton Drake has been able to keep kind of a squeaky clean you know profile even though people seem to think that something is up at the life foundation everything seems sort of kind of fine and he has a conversation with uh and where Anne's like don't go overboard and he's like that's what i do though <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what my job is but I'm Brock. you know and so uh they have dinner they have a couple drinks they they get home fall asleep eddie wakes up starts walking around and uh decides to break into his <laughs> girlfriend's laptop mm-hmm. Uh, breach of trust, right? How do you, how do, you, where do you land on the whole? I pa- mean, when my first thought about seeing it was, um, like, dude, she's gonna find out that you read it anyway. Yeah, you know, because it shows that is that she, it is unread. So the minute you click on it, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and then he, yeah, which she should well, I didn't. I didn't realize if um who left the apartment first the morning after was it him or her, because if she was the one that got up first then. <laughs> oh yeah, but I but I, she should check the laptop. If she jumps to the conclusion that no one would touch it, including him, 
then even if it was open, you'd be like, eh, I guess yeah, it opened by itself. Like, you started making up excuses. It was a cat. <laughs> she seemed to really be into Eddie. Yeah. So, I mean, she she must have jumped to the conclusion. Look how they easy. Enga- they were engaged. Yeah, and look how accessible um, the files were. I'm assuming she must have not thought he would ever go through if the files were that accessible. Right. Because you don't put cookies I mean, on the table. She, and and she trusts him, too. Cause I, he That's the big the thing, man. She trusts him. Uh, but he was able to break into the computer and find out that Carlton Drake has been doing human trials. No bueno. With the symbiote. With the symbiote, the symbiote that he had. Turns out, uh, you know, with this um, three three symbiotes that he's got that they have moved on to human trials and we're trying to find out if the host could last longer. The only host that we've seen, Carlton Drake has nothing knows nothing about and yeah, that's Riot. That one's running amok. Right, Riot. Like snatching people up. Riot's moving from body to body and leaving bodies in the wake. Murders a bunch of people in uh in, in Malaysia, you know, get jumped to an old woman's body and seems to be on her way to San Francisco. So um, Carlton Drake has no idea that that's going on. So he's doing his own little experiments on the side. Um, but yeah, finds out there's a list of people's names who have died because of these experiments. Um, and ironically, he's able to access these files because Anne was going to be the defense for the Life Foundation. Uh, so Brock goes and talks to Carlton Drake. I like this scene because I like that it showed Carlton first talking to children. Right, right. To to that the the corporate face was on, you know the corporate face was on. Hey kids, want to learn about no science? No way, this guy's bad. Yeah, you want to learn about science? Except he never answered that little girl's question. <laughs> he pa- he passed her off to somebody else. But um, this guy likes the kids. Yeah, they shushed that little girl. Yeah, a little girl goes. A little girl goes ask Carlton Drake a question, and all the other kids are like, shh, what are you doing? You 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 basically in a museum. You can ask whatever the heck you want, but um. Drake is pulled away from the kids because he has an interview with the lovely Eddie Brock. And Eddie confronts Drake about the uh, interview. This is also to clear the clear the air about the crash mm-hmm. that happened in Malaysia. This is, um, the network thinks that Eddie's there to be like, so you crashed. Everything good now? Yeah, everything's good now. Well, thank you for this interview, you know? Um, but when it starts off about maybe the crashes and how Carlton got into the Life Foundation, it quickly starts to get more and more hostile as Eddie starts to allude to the fact that people might have been dying. What about the bodies? Yes. What about the bodies? Um, Who's you talking about, Willis? He, he eventually ends up just straight up calling it the Death Foundation. <laughs> he's Ooh, like, he's yeah, like, I forgot about that. yeah, he's like, yeah. Well, life, you might as well call it the Death Foundation. Uh, and you can see the, the look on Carlton Drake's face drop. I've seen this look only when people make videos with celebrities. Uh, like selfie videos or right before they say something stupid to make the celebrity then mad. You know, like celebrity <laughs> is all into it at first and then you'd be like, you know, your music's terrible and then they'll, are you serious? This is what this was? He uh, professionally just takes the microphone off and is like, uh, have a good life. We're over here. Like, have a good life, Eddie Brock. Uh, we're done with this interview. Um, You think Eddie's proud of himself in that moment? Uh, or does he know he screwed up? A little bit of both, a little but bit of both? mostly because he knows he screwed up. Think he knows he screwed up? Yeah, because he didn't get n- nothing out of him. He goes to talk to um, because it's been it's asked as he's bringing up these allegations. He keeps being asked of him, "Where do you where do you find this information from? Mm-hmm. Where do you read this information from?" So Eddie ends up going to um, he gets called in mm-hmm. to his job, and his job's like, 
this was all crazy, but maybe we can go for it. What's your source? Now, who's your source? And Eddie, trying not to... You can't give her up, man. Trying not to give Anne up. Um, basically says he doesn't have a source, kind of. hunch. Which is the very worst thing you could ever... You can't walk in and accuse a multi-million dollar CEO of something because you have a hunch. He actually had proof, but he couldn't speak on it. And because he couldn't speak on it, my man Bobby Fish <laughs> fires him. But... I, While I, looking out of a window, <laughs> I like the fact I like the fact that they were able to put two and two together and also get rid of Ann too. I, I knew the Ann stuff was yeah, coming, man. Too, I knew bro. it was coming. Uh, but yeah, let's get to it. I guess Drake has more power than we think because both Ann and Brock are fired from their jobs. When Brock goes to go visit Ann to, I guess, explain himself, she basically tells him like, "You're incredibly selfish." Like you, she came down with all of her stuff. Yeah, she's like, "I got everything. fired. You're incredibly selfish." Here, take the ring. He gave gave the ring back. Heartbroken, yeah, a heartbreaking moment, you know. Um, especially when you consider that they were engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, she must have. This had to have been a straw that breaks the camel's back. This couldn't have been like the first bad thing that's ever happened because I don't think you just give yeah. up. Because uh, I was, I would assume they've been together since New York. Because she mentioned New York too, so yeah, he had to, I guess, relocate. Yeah, she had to relocate. She went with him. She knew, she knew his history. She knows about him. So they definitely had a, a past, but she seems to not want a future. We got a time jump. How do you feel about the time jump? I like Six the time, months later, I like the time jump. Yeah, it, it, it gave them time to kind of deal with the sim- symbiotes in a, in a sense. I didn't expect there to be a time jump. Yeah, to tell you the truth. But it, it fits, you know. Things have to have happened, you know. I mean, I haven't seen enough superhero movies where there is time jump, so I was I was completely fine with it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got a time jump, and Carlton Drake is getting closer and closer to getting successful symbiosis. Some of the hosts are dying, but they're lasting longer than ever. <laughs> you know, he got like some under ice. He's got some uh, strapped to gurneys. But most of these people are homeless people. Most of these people are poor people. Uh, they're being used for trials against their will. And um, uh, Dr. Skirth, Dr. Doris Skirth, played by Jenny Slate, uh, is not liking it. She seems a little bothered by the body count. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, our hero is drinking himself silly in, in, in a bar, watching the Life Foundation, you know, and, um, and all that stuff there. Uh, and he decides that his best course of action is to go to his ex-girlfriend's house, who he hasn't seen in six months. So he walks over there drunk as high heaven um, and sees the cat, that their, their mutual cat, <laughs> in, 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 in the balcony. And um, Anne pulls up. But Anne is not alone. Anne is with Dr. Dan. The new boo. Dr. Dan. It's been six months and Dr. Dan has a key. Mm-hmm. Am I old school? Yeah. I'm too He's old school, the huh? dirty Dan. It's only been six months. He's the dirty Dan. <laughs> Cause you think you think she gives the ring. Up. Well, he probably could have six months. He probably got that key yesterday. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I'm saying with the six months gone, you know, right. she gives back the ring. There's at least two weeks of purging, right? Of right, like right, taking right. your stuff back, finding a new apartment, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, getting a new job, right? Did she ever mention that she got a new job? Mm-mm. Not really, she right? Did. She must have gotten a new job. Unless she don't need a new job. Well, Dr. You know, Dan. Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan. Dr. Dirty Dan. Dr. Dirty Dan. He must have all the money. But, uh, yeah, she has moved on to a doctor named Dan. 
Um, I felt like that was a little bit of a cheap shot, but I don't feel like she tried to make it. It was actually him who who set her up yeah, for it, yeah. with the idea like, oh, who you know, what what is he doing? He's a doctor, Eddie, and you don't have a job because yeah. <laughs> there was also a scene of Eddie trying to circle you know jobs in the wanted ads, and no one wants to deal with him because his name is tarnished. His rep is just his reputation is tarnished, and the reputation being tarnished is a callback to the comics. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to touch him because he was the guy who lied to on the, on the Daily Globe. But we just basically see what. The, a day in the life of Eddie Brock is, which is basically drinking, dealing with his annoying neighbor who likes to play rock music, uh, circling wanted ads, and coming home to drink the beers. more, going to his local supermarket, uh, hanging out with homeless people named Maria. <laughs> he gave Maria yeah, he twenty gave bucks. Twenty bucks, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, see, he, he seems to have. But a he rapport. has a good heart. Yeah, he, he gave her twenty bucks, and he seems to have a rapport with this woman. Like, this is not their first conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria is the homeless woman who hangs out in front of Mrs. Cheng's uh, little store. So he chomps it up with Maria a little bit, and then he goes inside to Mrs. Chen's, and um, Mrs. Chen seeming um, also helpful. Mm-hmm. And also has she's, a heart. She's Be- giving him a meditation DVD. Yeah, it's all in Mandarin, <laughs> but he seems to have some... Um, she's giving him advice. He needs to meditate. He needs to meditate. He needs to get past and over you know, his heartbreak and over his failures and meditate and move fast. Eddie tries to do that, but can't because his neighbor is blasting music. But on another trip to, um, or on the first trip to Mrs. Chen's, he sees a local thug force the owner to pay protection fees, uh, and leaves without a word. I felt like, I felt like he was going to do something. In yeah. That moment. I, thought, I thought so too, but I was like, hmm. he didn't want to get shot, bro. Getting shot hurts. I'm pretty sure uh, Eddie Brock has no has getting shot is not on his radar. <laughs> um, but after a different trip to the store, Maria is gone. Her cardboard box is abandoned mysteriously. And then in one of my favorite scenes, we see Eddie Brock talking to himself, and he's basically like, "Yeah, I've been a reporter for a very long time. You know, I stuck up on a bunch of people, following people, following a bunch of people." And uh, you suck at it. <laughs> and he's basically talking to Dr. Skirth, um, who has come to Eddie for aid. She does not like that Carlton Drake has been killing a bunch yes. of innocent people. The only people. person in the office who seems to have a moral compass. Yes. <laughs> um, and once she knows that Eddie was the first person to try to expose Carlton Drake mm-hmm. and hopes to get him more information so that she could fully expose him. Um he was a little bit against the fences with it, but they decides to go ahead with it. And um, they break into the research facility kind of easily. And then she sort of locks him in there and is like, take pictures. Right? That's like, that's all. I mean, she's got the access. So. She, she got him in. All she wants him to do is take some pictures so that she could expose him. Um, but in and out, in and he out. sees that one of the victims, one of the people that they are testing is his old friend Maria from the store. Um, and she starts to scream that she needs help. And so he busts her out. In breaking her out, she lunges on top of him. And the symbiote that was on her, the Venom symbiote, goes from her to him. And she dies right on the spot. And she dies. This is something that we've seen happen uh, where the symbiote will attach to an organism that can breathe oxygen. Um, and then it will leech all of its energy, all of its organs, like it will, it will eat you alive almost from the inside. Mm-hmm. 
And so Carlton Drake's literally just been trying to see who which host can bring the perfect symbiosis. And um, people have just been dying left and right. So right after the symbiote leaves her, yeah, Maria's gone. Maria's dead. Um, but Brock is able to escape. Um, and they are not playing around. They chase him down on ATVs through a forest. And he is out. <laughs> and yeah, he is out. Um, they seem close to capturing him before he seem before he climbs what he calls the tall, tallest tree. <laughs> really, 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 really tall tree. Um, and yeah, that was he, the first time we actually see some of the super stuff. Yeah, because he's busting through yeah, he's busting logs, through ga- gates, logs, trees, walls, all kinds of stuff. Um, but he still doesn't know what the heck is going on. Uh, this. From here on out is to me when the movie begins and starts to actually start moving. Because I think that Tom Hardy's best performance is the absolutely terrified Tom Hardy. I I think the absolutely terrified Eddie Brock is incredibly entertaining because, again, Tom Hardy's a big dude. Mm -hmm. So when he plays sweaty, scared, that nervous Mm -hmm. tick stuff. He doesn't know what's going on. Does it. So so good. So good. Um, He comes home and he is starving my man is hungry so he ripped open a bunch of frozen, <laughs> frozen tater, tots. tater tots and uh when that doesn't um takes chicken out the garbage yeah when that doesn't soothe his appetite he takes chicken out of the garbage and starts to chew it up uh instantly feels bad goes to the, the bathroom throws it up tries to figure out what is going on with me tries to get a look at himself in the mirror and when the venom symbiote hungry sh- shows up for a <laughs> second he scares himself so silly, he trips and bangs the back of his head. Knocks him, knocks himself out. And knocks himself out clean. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but he's like, if anyone knows what this is about, Anne does. So he keeps trying to contact Anne, uh, and he finds out that Anne's at a uh, restaurant. So he goes to go see Anne, and Anne's with Dr. Dan, uh, chilling there. And he's he's trying his best to not look and sound like a complete lunatic and is failing horribly at all of it because he is sweating. He's in a hoodie in like a black tie restaurant. He's losing it. He is losing it. He's pulling meals off of people's tables and trying to eat it and it's disgusted (laughs) because everything is dead. Apparently, the symbiote hungers for something living. Um, But, uh, yeah, he is embarrassing everybody and the peak of all that is when he decides to I guess take a nice little bath in the uh, in the lobster tank. With all the lobsters. And grabs a live lobster and just with his teeth and hands just chows down into it. Um, he eventually gets knocked out, but I can't remember how. Hmm. He, right, he does that? get yeah, he, does. he gets knocked out, and I can't remember how. But if you guys remember, go ahead and uh, let us know. Remind us. But yeah, um, because when he comes to... He uh, is on an MRI, MRI. Uh, machine. He's in an MRI machine. Dr. Dan, good old Dr. Dan, has uh, found a way to get him there. We know that maybe they said they uh, gave him a sedative because they go to call the cops. And he's like, don't call the cops. Call the am- call an ambulance because he's one of my patients. So maybe they just hooked him up with some, you know, uh, drugs and they knocked him out until bang. he's able to come up. <laughs> uh, they... Through the MRI, they're able to discover the symbiote, and they also can't even fully do the MRI because the sound uh, causes Eddie such pain that the symbiote starts to wig out. Um, yeah. 
Then we see that Carlton Drake finds out that Dora is the one, Miss Dr. Skirth, is the one who gave up uh, the information to Eddie Brock so that Eddie can not only um, expose, expose them, but that's how the symbiote got loose. Mm-hmm. So she locks, he locks her in a room with a symbiote, which kills her, uh, and then the symbiote dies as well. So there's another... He'd have been, he'd have been pissed if she'd have lived through that. He was more pissed that the symbiote died than that she died. Uh, because at that point, all of the symbiotes are dead, except for the one that Venom has and Riot, who seems to be making her way, his or her way, yeah. to San Francisco. Um, yeah. So that Eddie Brock is currently the only living specimen besides the uh, Riot thing that seems to be working around. But it's over. Eddie Brock has to be the one with the symbiote. Carlton Drake knows this now, so he's sending people over to go handle it because he uh. Gets a call from Dr. Dan, and he's like, hey, so you think it's a parasite? Because that's what he says. says, We think it's a parasite. It's got to be a parasite. And everything that you're experiencing is side effects of a parasite. And he's like, fine. If that's what it is, that's what it is. All of a sudden, he starts to hear a voice in his head. And it says, don't open the door. (laughs) And then he gets a knock on the door, and when he opens it, he's accosted by mercenaries of the Life Foundation who try to retrieve the symbiote from Eddie Brock. but not having any of it, the Venom symbiote takes over Brock's body and fights off everybody. Uh, it was pretty hilarious because we see um, that when they had the guns trained on Eddie, Eddie Brock's first instinct is to put his hands up. And the Venom symbiote is like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're making us look foolish. <laughs> um, I heard that Eddie, oh sorry, Tom Hardy, had a earpiece in his ear and it it would play when Venom would talk to, so he can have the timing right. He's actually hearing the voices when Eddie Brock is hearing the voices and responding in in kind. And the voice of uh, Venom was done by uh, Tom Hardy. So uh, that's pretty cool there. Keep wanting to say Eddie Brock. Yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah, same like thing here. Then we get into what I wasn't a real big fan of, the highway chase scene. They drive around on the highway. You know, you have your typical highway. fine. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of, like, exploding drones. I like the symbiote highway scene. Blue fire. Blue fire was nice. I didn't understand why they were so adamant about using exploding drones in a populated city. Right, right. Uh, They killed or at least harmed a lot of people trying to capture Eddie. But I think the best part happens towards the end because Eddie eats dirt. <laughs> uh, he hops on a motorcycle, but he's able to eat dirt. He just fuck, he just crashes into the ground. Leg and, broken. Uh, leg broken and everything. And um, the henchman, the main henchman, finally grabs him up. And uh, the symbiote not only fixes the leg, but I don't know if you caught it, created like a kickstand. To stand up. Yeah, to stand him up from the back. Yeah, it yeah, created cool. like this kind of kickstand. And then for the first time in the film, the full Venom symbiote encapsulates Eddie Brock. And it's glorious. Uh, Eddie, um, Venom says so the whole eyes, nose. It was beautifully nose, terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, Venom says the eyes, nose, pancreas line that you see in the, in the credits. Mm-hmm. And then bites that man's head off. That man's head gets bitten off. Um a bunch of people end up trying to shoot after him and he just leapfrogs and jumps on several cars crushing them almost mm-hmm. flattening them then goes into the ocean swims like a fish pops back out as Eddie Brock 
Eddie Brock's like, what the hell's going on? What just happened? And why is my leg not broken anymore? And for the first time, we get a conversation between Eddie Brock and Venom as the symbiote pulls away from him just enough to create its own face mm-hmm. and explain uh, who Venom was. Uh, you basically find out that um, the comet that was there was a part of his people, his you know, his, his, his planet, his people, um, and that they were originally going to come and invade and devour everyone there. But he will spare Eddie Brock if uh, Eddie is able to help him stop, you know, Riot and all those other kind of people. Um, and Eddie kind of reluctantly agrees. How do you like that conversation and the subsequent conversations that Eddie has with the symbiote? I love it because you um you get a lot of that in the um in Spider Man and in the comic. So yeah. um to see the to to see it portrayed in live action and to see the back and forth between the two, even jokingly or even them being serious, is kind of really cool and and badass at the same time. Even when they're going through it and fighting people, you can hear them talk to each other and stuff like that. So that is... Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Because I think what ends up happening everywhere else is that it's in the mind. Right. Like when yeah, you yeah, it, yeah. You can read this, what the symbiote's saying. You can read what Eddie Brock is thinking. But everything yeah, is being but, said silently. But that that's what I'm saying, too. Um, Some of it you can also leave up to you. Yeah. Because I, either if it's out loud or just in the head, then that's also completely up to you sometimes as well. So I, yeah. I really like that. But I thought they had a good back and forth considering they both played by the same person. Yeah. <laughs> they both se- seemed like their own um, their own unhinged selves. And Venom itself, the personality of the symbiote seems to be a personality of why can't we? Right? Mm-hmm. Like he everything he wants to do, Eddie's like, No, we can't. And he's like, it's Why like why not? We can do we anything can do, we want. Yeah, we can yeah. do like what are you together with this you and me, symbiote and host together, there's nothing we can't do. So I thought that was that was pretty cool there too. Um, he gets uh, he Venom gets Eddie Brock to drop off phone footage of the from the, lo- from from the, the laboratory life, from the to his network life. so that they could expose Carlton Drake. He eventually he originally just tries to walk up the elevator, mm. but the the security guy gives him grief. So um, Venom. The symbiote offers to climb. You want up? <laughs> and this thing, oh my god, it was so cool watching this thing. Yeah, just devour that up, up. that tower. Just yeah, man, crawl up just the tower. Climb, Anytime climb, Venom climb, is moving, jump, running, climb, jumping, climb, all that yeah. stuff, so good. Fire. It's basically galloping up an entire building. He gets to the top, which I thought was a homage to Spider Man. Just that sim, that that hunching over on the top of a building. I feel like that sim, that um, very Spider Man esque. And right when you think everything's done, everything's done, everything's good, Venom is on top of the building that he needs to break into. A plane passes by, and its screech yeah, is so you can powerful. See, and that's like the first, the first real time where the symbiote jumps on and off of him because of the sound. Yeah, and they start to fall off the building. The sound oh, pays him man. so much that it literally fall the the symbiote falls off of Eddie, and um, Eddie seemingly falls down the side of this building before he is saved by the symbiote. So they go inside and they uh, deliver the ev- evidence to his boss who's not there. And they put like a note that said like, uh, do the right thing. Shithead. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And now open and shut, right? Boom. We delivered it. Everything is good. He goes downstairs and there's an entire SWAT team ready to take him down, take him out. 
they throw some smoke grenades, and so it is yelled mask, so everyone can put on their mask, mm-hmm. so they would not be held, uh, you know, susceptible to the smoke grenades. To which Eddie Brock yells mask and becomes the hulking venom. Copy. In probably the way better, um, way better action scene in this film, I think. Because he takes out this entire SWAT team. I thought it was pretty yeah, cool. taking away guns, beating up people with other people. Just dragging <laughs> people through. And if, did you notice every time that the, the grenade went off, it yeah, would, the, 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 the symbiote would spike a little bit. because yeah. of the noise and stuff like that, the decibels. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, yeah, to see to see them hurt yeah. the symbiote, in a, in a sense, was kind of cool. Um, he is he able to destroy a bunch of SWAT team members, and all of a sudden, uh, Anne shows up looking for him because it seems, according to Doctor Dan, that this symbiote might be more dangerous than we following know. his trail of bodies. Yes. <laughs> so Anne sees Venom, then sees Eddie Brock. I thought that tr- that D yeah, transformation the, is. Yeah, what I was just about to mention that. That is. So I thought that was very, Ill. very, very yeah, good. Very well done. I was very curious to see what the transition was going to look like when he went from Eddie Brock to um, Venom and Venom to Eddie Brock. But I really, really, really dug it in this. Um, after seeing him do that, they decide that they're going to go to the hospital to fi- figure out what, what's going on. And in that instance, Venom gives uh, Eddie the idea to uh, apologize mm-hmm. for all the things that he's because done wrong. He's in his head. He knows everything of Eddie. He knows what Eddie thinks. Yeah. Every, everything that Eddie knows, and Venom I, knows. I want to talk about this for a second because I saw in an interview that they said that the symbiote was weirdly obsessed with Anne. Like unreasonably mm-hmm. obsessed with Anne. Uh-huh. I would say, and I would argue, that a symbiote of all things would know how important it is to for two matching things to be together right, to create right. one more powerful thing, and it behooves the symbiote to make sure that Eddie's happy. Mm-hmm. And it seems like checking both those boxes is getting the girlfriend back, right? Right, right, right. So I don't see it as some kind of weird. Because Venom like, still knows he like he still loves. He her, knows everything. And he didn't apologize. He knows, remember he tells like him, that, "I know yeah. everything, mm-hmm. everything, everything, everything in your head about you, everything, everything in your head, Eddie." <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, of course he's gonna be the perfect wingman. He wants Eddie to be happy, and he wa- he he knows a thing or two about two things coming together to become a greater thing. Uh, in the hospital, um, it's explained that the symbiote might be rotting Eddie's organs, so they uh, and traps him in the little wait, uh, MRI room, hits the MRI button, and the symbiote is in such pain jumps it just of jumps off of Eddie. They get Eddie out, and they seemingly trap the venom symbiote in. And when um, Eddie gets a chance, he just bolts. He just leaves the hospital um, with Anne following close behind. The Venom symbiote escapes and goes right into a dog. And in the meantime, Eddie Brock is captured by Carlton Drake's men after trying to uh, enter an elevator. So now we have... um, We have Carlton Drake has Eddie Brock in custody and is asking him about the whereabouts of Venom. He has his henchman asking him about the whereabouts of Venom. He tells him nothing, and, but in actuality, he didn't really know and, anything. And I kind of really like that part because you get to see what Eddie's made out of at that point without the symbiote. Yeah, because he knows he doesn't have you it. Know? So he ends up headbutting homeboy anyway, right in the mouth. Exactly. So we know he's not necessarily 100% 
you know, um, harmless. Right. And Eddie ain't no punk. He's not. He ain't no punk. Honestly. Um. After talking with the henchman and not getting anything off the ground, Mr. Carlton Drake decides to talk to him himself, and it is there we see that earlier in the film, um, that Riot Symbiote was able to interact with him, touch him, and is now uh, Carlton Drake is the host for the Riot Symbiote. Mm-hmm. So Riot faces off with Venom, just in a nice little Venom villain uh, monologue kind of way, and is like, we're going to go to that planet and bring everybody bring everybody to this planet <laughs> to this planet and that you know that's what it's going to be um yeah after right because when riot bonds with with uh carlton he agrees to uh carlton agrees to take riot in a life foundation spaceship to collect the rest of the symbiotes and bring them to earth it's about to be a party you understand symbiote party um and according to venom the symbiote uh, Riot is extremely armed and dangerous, and Venom doesn't even know whether or not he could defeat him. But first, Venom's gonna have to get with Eddie, because right now he's in some kind of cute dog. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Brock is taken to the woods to be killed. I feel like they could just kill him. Probably just could just kill him there. Yeah, they kind of wanted to kill him and maybe dig a hole for him. Yeah, uh, I guess yeah. You can't dig a hole you through know? tile. Although there's a bunch of dead people in the Life Foundation, I'm pretty sure they're just what they throw them in. That forest stinks of homeless death. It might. I'm not too sure what homeless death smells like, but I'm pretty sure if like it did have a distinct like smell. Like that uh, Yes, it would smell exactly like the forest. Uh, yeah, so, um, and even then I think Eddie's still talking trash when they bring him out to the forest to kill him. And all of a sudden you see a symbiote arm pull a cup of the henchmen away. And then a female Venom, a she-Venom shows up. That was real... And chomps off the head of the main henchman mm-hmm. and then starts to have the creepiest slash hottest makeout session with Eddie Brock as the symbiote, as the symbiote transfers, leaves, yeah. And leaves the Eddie woman Brock. that we find out is Anne. Leaves Anne to get back to Eddie. Um, cool, crazy, weird, all of those things. It was definitely all of those things. Um, but yeah, she even making it its appearance. Uh, that actually does happen in the comics. Mm-hmm. And Wayne gets the She-Venom costume uh, because Eddie gives it to her to, for protection. But av- after a murder spree of bad guys, uh, Anne confesses to Eddie that she murdered and ate some people. And Eddie's like, well, the symbiote only does what you want it to do. Yeah, so give it back. It's <laughs> uh, in the comic, right? Yeah, yeah, but she doesn't take that that way. She takes it as, oh, I guess I'm a murderer then. And then she jumps out of a window and she kills herself. <sighs> But also, it's all, all sunshines right. and yeah, you know, back to battle. It's all sunshines and horseshoes on the Venom movie because she doesn't kill herself in this because when Venom and Brock are bonded uh, together again, this is also one of my favorite parts. When they bond together this time, Venom's like, you know, I think I'll stay. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a loser on my planet, just like just you like, are here. Just like you. But together, seemingly, we could be more. We could be better, and I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, and Brock was actually the one that actually changed. And he said, "What? Well, well, what was it?" And he was like, "It was you, you, you Eddie," <laughs> uh, which is cool. The human thing, uh, the human aspect, is what mm-hmm. ends up helping him. Meanwhile, Riot is trying to get a probe up into the air, and people are giving him a bunch of stuff. Riot slash Carlton Drake is trying to get his probe up into the air, and people are giving him uh, gruff. You can't man that thing by yourself. What are you doing? Yada yada yada. And Not so, 
in a in a cold-blooded fashion, Carlton Drake lets Riot take over and murders everybody. Everybody? Everybody. Murders everybody that's there. Starting the, starting with the guy that um try wanted to, to try to abort right behind his back. <laughs> yes. He can tell he can tell that his erratic nature has caused some people in his company to distrust him. So he's looking around the corner of his eyes and when he notices that majority of everyone is looking at him funny, he just turns into the full riot symbiote, creates two what, scythes out of his hands mm-hmm. and chops and people. Clears to, the whole room. Kills everybody <laughs> in two swings. Everybody's dead, but the probe is still going to go into the air. Mm. So Riot does his best to get to that probe, but he's stopped by Venom, and they have kind of sort of a, a fight here. What do you think of the fight? I couldn't really tell what was going on out of that. Um, uh, some sometimes I couldn't tell, but I um, being from where we were sitting, it was kind of cool to see because for the most part, I did was able to make out what, what was going on. Yeah, I did like the slow motion shots of them being ripped apart. Yeah, that was that those was, were all that, that was kind of cool. eye candy for me because I was just like all over the place, like oh. And I may be wrong, but wasn't there an instance in which um, Riot completely consumed Venom yes. and Eddie? Yes, yes. And they end up jumping out because of, I think it was the sound. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. I was like, wait, what happens now? <laughs> who, do we, who do we pray to now? He has, he has any, Eddie and um, uh, Venom. It was also stated that, that Venom knew he, the Venom symbiote knew he was going to be in over his own head. Yeah. That Riot is what they call a team leader, he says, mm-hmm. on his on his planet. He's a leader on his planet. And because he's a leader, he's can-do attitude. I mean, the guy's about to take... Think about it. He's from another planet. And he's mm-hmm. found a way to get in back into a spaceship and go back home. I, that's a go-getter of a symbiote, if you ask me. But after being told to stay in the forest and is able to use some of the uh, sonic waves of the probe to help Eddie out a little bit. Um, but when it looks like all said and done, when it looks like Carlton Drake has stabbed Eddie Brock and is in the ship and is about to go take off, uh, the symbiote is about is able to touch ben, uh, Eddie at the last minute. I thought Eddie was kind of dead. Yeah, me too. He looked kind of <laughs> dead. But the symbiote... Well, what kept echoing to me throughout that part was, I can heal you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you told him earlier. Um, I also like the fact that... Um, which we call um 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 shoot I I just lost it because of the um I was trying to think of he was in the spaceship that too but um damn I don't believe Sonic scream when he got no, stabbed no it's gonna hit me again when he got oh, stabbed no, from no, the no. when they were when they were <laughs> fighting on the on the little bridge thing before getting to the spaceship yeah and he was ta- they were talking about the hosts yeah and he told he told he told Venom ah you have a you have a a uh, good host. Yeah. But I was like, no. He, well, he does have a good host, but I was, Eddie Brock got hands. I don't know about Carlton Drake. I know right, Carlton right, right. Drake ain't got no hands because nah, he's too rich to have hands. You yeah. Know? <laughs> when you're that rich, you don't have to ever hit anybody on purpose. <laughs> yeah. You're so, good for that. Um, I, I thought that was cool. When I thought when he said that, I was like, Eddie Brock got hands, bro. Come on. That's all that matters, baby. Um, And, you know, he's overmatched. He's He's got, uh, Riot's got more experience Riot's got more muscle, Riot's got more weapon, but apparently Venom, the character, and Eddie Brock have more heart because at the last minute, they're able to jump on the probe and use a piece of the ship, or was it a piece of metal? The piece no, that was stabbed with. it was the piece with. that Eddie was stabbed with. The piece that Riot. he was stabbed with to... Uh, to rip apart the, the fuel body, tanks. Yeah, the fuel tank the, uh, from underneath the spaceship. And with the leaking fuel tanks, it was only seconds before the entire thing blows the hell up. Uh, covering Eddie too in flames, mm-hmm. 
something very similar to Lead the Protector, where to go get Carlton Drake, Eddie has to get past the fire. Past the fire, yeah. Um, and it's basically smoldering. Um, Eddie Brock hits the water. And I want to say that that's how it stops until we get this another time jump. Mm-hmm. That's how it ends. Seemingly the uh, and the Venom symbiote says bye, right? Yeah. Says, bye, Eddie. Venom, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the symbiote, the the Venom symbiote leaves the body. Uh, I thought he was gone. Yeah, thought he was I done. Thought he was gone too, man. I kind of got a little kind of sad during that. Yeah, uh, is it's implied that the symbiote died in the explosion, but we see uh, Eddie. We see what ha- ends up happening with the rest of the Life Foundation. The expo- the expose does come out. Um. Eddie Brock is working again, and he has a very high-profile interview that he needs to get to, and we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he talks to, to Ann. Ann. Yeah, he's talking Him to Him and Ann are talking. Is Ann still with Dan? I guess he still is with Dan. Dan maybe. With Dan. She's still there with Dan, but they talk about the kiss that they had, and she uh, seems to enjoy it. And while we think Venom is gone, right when you hear Venom's right voice, back. Yeah, uh, man. it made me feel good. Yeah. It's such an odd thing, right? I got so they used to their pairing to believe that them. when that when it was yeah. revealed that Venom is still around and still always going to be right in, in the back of Eddie's head, I smiled. Yeah, I really did. Too, I was yeah. like, oh, that's really, really cool. And um, in another really, really cool scene, we see Venom. Uh, you know, she's like, he's like, oh, got to go. Because <laughs> Venom's talking to him mm-hmm. and stuff. Because she like, doesn't want he her. Goes, he doesn't goes, want her. She yeah. doesn't know we're going to get her back. That's what he <laughs> says. That's what he says. That's what the symbiote says. And, um. I thought that was really cool because then you get the scene of him walking down the street going like, okay, listen, I'll let you do what you want to do, but only bad people, only bad people, never good. Mm-hmm. And they got to be the worst. And maybe sometimes you can eat people, mm-hmm. but um, it's got to be bad people. <laughs> we got to be on the same page. You got it? Like, yeah. At one point, I like when he goes, I'm not unreasonable or something yeah, like that. We are not unreasonable. So Eddie is on top of the world. The girl that he seeming, that seemingly was gone Kind of, sort of seems to want to come back. Right. Um, the job that he thought was ruined for him, he's got a brand new life now that he's exposed the Life Foundation and everything going forward um, with this high-profile interview that he has. Uh, everything's coming up. Eddie Brock. So he decides to go get him some something, something to eat. Yeah. Goes back to Mrs. Chen's <laughs> to go get something. He's like, what do you want to eat? He's like, chocolate and tater tots. <laughs> Breakfast of champions, bro. Tater tots and chocolate? At least he cooked them this time. Uh, and as he's about to leave, Mrs. Chen is again being accosted by a local thug asking for protection money. So Eddie's like, yeah, that guy, he's a bad guy. <laughs> I'd like that too. He's like, how am I supposed to know who the bad guys are? He's like, yeah, you'll be able to tell. You'll be able to tell. You'll figure yeah. it out. He's like, you'll know it when you, when you see it or whatever. And so the Venom symbiote basically acts, is this the bad guy? Yeah, it is. You can do your thing. And, uh, Turns into the Venom symbiote. You get the whole thing about, um, you know, I'll rip your arms and legs off. You'll be blowing around like a turd. You feel in, me? Like a turd in the wind. Line from the trailer. He bites the man's head off. And I don't even think he bit his head off. I think he just ate, ate the whole thing. Whole he might have ate him all. Like, <laughs> he might have ate the whole person. <laughs> well, he's got to be a case of Eddie not wanting to feed the symbiote people. So when he does feed the people, he's like, just, just get, yeah, eat the whole get thing. It over with, just bro. eat the Yeah, eat the whole thing, bro. Go crazy. <laughs> it's like when your kid gets birthday cake. Like, you're already eating it. Just go ahead. Go crazy. Stick your face in that icing. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, And the film ends with them walking down the street, still kind of deciding how they were going to live the rest of their lives. 
And if you read Lethal Protector, that's very much what that is, is him saying, like, trying to decide what it takes to be a hero, what it takes to be a good guy. Eddie Brock genuinely feels like a good guy in this. Um, and so it was so cool to see him portrayed as that and see him um, come off as not the squeaky clean hero that maybe a Spider-Man is because he's not. Uh, but the more troubled, the more um, rough around the edges hero that Venom is. I think they really, they did a really good job with that. Stan Lee does a pretty pretty good um, does a pretty good cameo, and I thought that was pretty tight because I guess it was towards the end of the movie, so I wasn't really expecting it. Mm-hmm. But Stanley gets his cameo money. Yeah, that was that was ill. Because he gets his cameo. I in, at that point, I didn't even think um, he was gonna show up or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the post credit. The post credit scene shows that Eddie Brock is going to go interview somebody at a high security prison. Important interview. A very, very important interview. Um, He is escorted by a correction officer who says that this guy is incredibly dangerous, that nobody wants to interview him, no one wants to talk to him. And when we get there, we see Cletus Cassidy, played by... Why why was it just leaving my head right now? This is not good. This isn't. Good. This is not good because I was trying to. Remember. I was. It just left my head. Woody too. Harrelson. There you go. There you go. I have it. I'm. I'm here. Woody Harrelson, uh, who was rumored to play Cletus Cassidy, is Red-headed, playing Cletus Cassidy. Headed glory. Did not like the wig. Didn't like the wig. Not a fan. I kind of didn't like it either. Maybe. This, maybe I'm not used to seeing it, Woody with long hair. Because um, in the I think in the comic and in the animated show, it's a little, it's a little short. It's a little shorter. Yeah, I think I remember it being a little shorter or a little longer, but I don't remember it being. A it wasn't shorter. on a bald man. That's what. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, "When I get out of here, it's gonna be some carnage." So I thought that was pretty it, cool, yeah. and that was it. I mean, yeah, completely dug it. Sets itself up for a sequel, which I mean, if this is good at all, if this is any good at all, they're they're going to um, bank on that sequel. You hear the Morbius movie is coming, uh, and there's just really serious about this Sony universe of Marvel characters that they call it. Um, but as his first entry, what do you think? Great. I don't think they can have started off even better. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. What I'm happy about is that um, <clears throat> is that although it was good, the, the balance between the, the, the jokey and the, um, and the seriousness between Eddie and Venom was pretty damn good it kept people going and when we were at the theater everybody seemed to have loved it too because everybody was depending on what um what was said or whatever jokes were because you know people yeah. are different you, you were gonna end up having a good time with your your side was gonna end up hurting through one of the jokes i went in there with I the with legitimately good. like the lowest expectations and i was fine i was fine after the fact um and maybe those lowered expectations helped me enjoy this film because I found it funny. I found the humorous. I found right. it. I, it wasn't laugh out loud funny like I was dying I every minute, but I was very entertained. I, 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 and I heard the, the, the criticism that this is a comedy. Too many jokes. Nah. I went in with my fingers crossed, man. Like yeah. all the way through. But the minute I started getting my real my real taste for it and I was already knee deep, I was like, oh, man, this is fucking freaking awesome. I, um, Like I said, again, too many movies get too complicated because they try to get too serious. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because this movie took a little bit of a lighthearted tone, it was able to not to gloss over some of the crazy details because we just want to get to the story, which I think um, I think helps this movie. People were thinking that we were going to get a horror movie with this, straight and, up. And people were also also um kind of complaining about the 
about the rating, about it not being an R, about it being PG-13, and um, they were really trying to push it as far as that went. And I, I thought that was freaking great. It was close to an R. Yeah, it was close I, it to was, an R. You can see, you, I mean, I c- obviously couldn't CC, but they probably took about took out very little yeah. to and get you it can, to PG-13. And you can tell that they really, really pushed it. Pushed they it. dropped an F-bomb. Yes, they did. So, I mean, don't bring all your kids, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I was asked by a co-worker whether or not they should bring their kid to this. And I said, it depends how they feel about um, cursing, uh, how you and your household deal with cursing, Mm -hmm. because there are curses in this. Um, And it depends how much horror they've watched. Because some of those symbiote possession scenes are are horrifying. If you've never seen that before, (laughs) I don't suggest, you know, bringing your child to see it for the first time in this. But, um... Do you think the expectations of this being a horror movie were unrealistic? Um, or do you think I, that the trailers and stuff I, led people into that direction? I feel so. Um, I feel like the trailer brought them brought them what they wanted. Everybody, because okay, so that's that's my thing. Like, I, I get people are different and they have different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? So it's like for me, I I completely think that the the whole movie matched the trailer. In a sense, so it's not like it was really horror because you know it's, it's supposed to be a superhero movie, right? You know what I mean. So, um, but then it's also that the world's got too many superheroes. Kind of, yeah, you know, it's not like yeah, they're yeah, doing right, a lot of right. like this is not your grandpa's superhero movie. And then when it became your grandpa's superhero movie, I guess people got upset because it kind of was acting like it wasn't going to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't have those expectations, but I we're trying to speak on those who are listening right now. Yeah, going, right. I get. I I'm glad you liked it, but, but, but that's I also thought, because we're also kind of familiar with Venom. Yes. You know what I mean? We did talk. I mean, if you've listened to the last couple of episodes <laughs> between the animated series, uh, you know, breakdown and then the Luther Protector breakdown, we've been covering a lot of Venom. I've personally been covering a lot of Venom. And um, I felt like this was this was um, faithful to that. I think so. And especially with the because in the comic. There's an underground city. <laughs> yeah, there's that whole underground city so, thing. So, um, like I said earlier, the the workaround, yeah, trees guy. the the workaround for all of this is just awesome. The trees guy was the was the bald dude. Yeah. The head head honcho for the um for the security team. So I thought that was cool too. So I'm a big fan of when the workarounds end up working out. And speaking of working out, this movie does not work out without Tom Hardy. Yeah. And Tom Hardy, uh besides uh, considering Venom the coolest Marvel hero, <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the man says, um, didn't know much about the character and really took the role because he wanted to please his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, his son loved Venom, and so he picked somebody who he can, you know, uh, he picked the character where he could bite heads off. We made 80 million, dude. He's going to crack 100 million next week. For your son. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? For your son. For your son. You know what I'm saying? Like, For the fruit of your loins, that's if you it. will. Um, they also said that... Uh, it's also stated that Tom Hardy's son helped Tom Hardy with how to portray yeah. both Venom and that's the symbiote. Awesome. Because that's his son was a humongous awesome. fan. Yeah, that's like it, come on, I guess no better than that. You got a, you got your your son that that's also a huge Venom fan, helping you help out. Well, helping out with you trying to get a grasp for the character. Come yeah, on, man. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's a good time all on his own. Hardy himself says there's something funny about the circumstances of having a tragic gift. It's a superpower you really don't want, but at the same time, you love it. It makes you feel special. It's both a reluctant hero and an anti-hero. So he describes him like a tragic clown. Mm. Like somebody who can be happy, but has a, a weight on their shoulders uh, that they're not necessarily proud of. I like that. 
right? That's, that's a very unique, yeah. very unique take on that. Um, the girlfriend Anne Wayne works mm-hmm. at uh, Michelini and McFarlane, hmm. which are the creators of Venom. That's her. <laughs> that's her. Uh, that's her law firm. But those are the creators of Venom. I thought that was cool. Again, the filmmaker cite uh, Lethal Protector and Planet of the Symbiotes as yeah as um and the and stories and that's what stuck out to me too that whole Lethal Protector thing yeah yeah man that's also and in there I mean I behoove any of you guys who are not comic book fans to read that because in there is a lot of the comedy mm-hmm. that is, that is there there's times where Spider Man is trying to straight up arrest Venom and Venom's like. Hold on, <laughs> I'm doing something over here. I'll I'll, t- I'll tend to you Let's in a get second. To this later, but I'll get know, to the- you in a second. But you need it. So I thought it did a good job uh, with all that. Um, to be honest, I I think that there are faults in this. But if you go in looking for faults, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, you're just not seriously. gonna you're just not gonna enjoy yourself. You're gonna miss and out on the whole movie. I'm not saying that. It's it's so weird because my bar has become so different. Mm-hmm. When you watch things like Fanforstic mm-hmm. and, and Catwoman, and Come Catwoman on, and stuff, man. it's like now, now, I don't really care about subverting expect. Oh, they subverted expectations. Mm-hmm. Screw all that. Do what was in the book. Do that. It works every time. It worked in the book. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do what's in the book because of, you know, like come up with something better, yeah. better. Because guess what? In the book, this comes from Spider Man, and they had to completely mm-hmm. take that out. And they found a way to take it out and make it compelling, and it was still compelling. It was still incredibly compelling. I really, really dug it. What do you think about uh, Carlton Drake, millionaire? Um, I wanted to see that earlier. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, there's like after a while, m- mad scientist has become like sort of a cliche, yeah, in a way. So, um, he gets points for being weird nice scientist because you know you're talking with the kids earlier and stuff like that but uh, he he kind of weirded me out being this we he was a we if i can say weird mad scientist you know what i mean yeah so um i kind of got that from him and it, it felt different in a sense so that, i thought that was kind of cool uh, i thought it was good i thought some of his lines were a little cheesy about like well and humans are yeah, the problem but it, that's what i'm saying but it, his mannerisms and the way he said things is what i really like so he gets points for being a weird, weird mad scientist. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I dug that. Girlfriend was just kind of there. Yeah, girlfriend was the Michelle girlfriend. Williams. That's cool. That's cool. She was cool. Uh, I like the stuff with the neighbor. <laughs> with the guitar. I thought that was pretty funny. But it seems like we're wrapping up on this. I, I genuinely just enjoyed it. And I said, I mean, you, you stayed on for this long, so I'm pretty sure you've seen the movie and that's why you're <laughs> you're here. But... Go see it again, you know, uh, try to get an original um, opinion about this. And you're allowed to not like it. I yeah, want to say that here. Uh, as far as comic book click, there are many movies I don't like that members of the click like and vice versa. You've seen our Witch is Worse episodes. Uh, we literally can't agree sometimes on some of these movies. But it was cool to, one, to, to see this movie and to debunk that it is not the worst superhero movie of all time. It was cool to see this after Comic-Con, after being indulged in the fandom. And it was cool seeing it with you, Claudius Maximus, a, a, a friend of the show and a member of the clique. It, it was cool uh, doing that. We uh, were Venom. We were all Venom. <laughs> we were all Venom in a way. Uh, got anything else left to say about the uh, Lethal Protector? Uh, he did He did Lethal Protector is what I, is what I love about the whole thing. I want to see Lethal Weapon now with Venom. 
Can oh, they do that? Lord Jesus. Lethal Weapon Protector? I want I want a I want a movie where is Eddie Brock and Venom practicing on their meditation. That yeah. Wow. You see, I like you that. Didn't know you I like that. that. I never knew I wanted <laughs> to see Venom say Indian style. <laughs> Native American style? I don't know, but he was trying to meditate in a, in a movie well, without we, the symbiote. Are people still allowed to say Indian style? I don't know. I kind of say it sometimes. Native American style? Say one of those ways. But Venom seems to be coming back with this sequel. He seems to be coming back, and it seems to be maybe maximum and standing, carnage. And standing strong without Spidey. Yeah, standing strong without Spidey. And maybe this carnage uh, comes back when Venom returns. Uh, which we don't know when Venom is going to return, but mm-hmm. we know when we're going to return because we return every single Wednesday with a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast. But if you can't wait till Wednesday, go back into our catalog and witness over 40 hours of geek talk, nerd fandom right there. Wherever podcasts are found, we're available on Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, the Apple uh, podcast app available on every single iPhone. If you Google the Major Issues podcast, we're the first ones to come up as part of the Podbean network. And you can find us also on YouTube. These same podcasts get uploaded to YouTube. So make sure that you are following the Major Issues podcast wherever podcasts are found. Again, we update every single Wednesday. But the Major Issues podcast is a part of Comic Book Click. And if you want to follow all the things that Comic Book Click is doing, all you have to do is go to Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, and use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about all the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Click, 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 click. As you know, Click is spelled C-L-I-Q-U. It's a nice little group that we have here. Join the Click because together we are stronger and together uh, we can get quite a bit of a symbiotic relationship. We are on Twitter at Major Issues CBC. We have sh- uh, shows. We have shirts on T Public. Uh, we have videos on YouTube. We are available basically on every single yes. platform that there is. We are trying to encompass all of the internet like the symbiote that we are and just go into every bit of the nooks and crannies that is comic books and comic book media. But that will be the end of this particular episode because my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Claudius Maximus. We are comic book click. And this has been <laughs> our Venom and I guess a little bit of New York Comic Con recap and review. But remember, whether or not you think that the world is going to end, that we need to go to another planet, whether you have some kind of insatiable appetite for burnt tater tots and old chicken, whether somebody's trying to stick their Venom symbiote in you or whether you're trying to stick your Venom symbiote in someone else, remember that we are Venom, mm. we are the click, and you, you, yes, you are worthy.